Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Triangles Meditation Group webinar. Today is August 30th, 2021, and we're so happy to have all of you joining us here today for this very important work. Before we begin our webinar, let us just link together in a moment of silence, followed by the sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So we join here today for really two purposes. The first is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And the second is to create a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and to, and to participate in a meditative visualization in support of the network. Triangles, for those of us who don't know, is a group activity. And the emphasis is on service, on planetary service, and on the spontaneous outflow of a loving heart and intelligent mind. At the center of triangles is the daily work of linking together each day with your triangles members. This work involves the simple daily visualization, which uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people link together each day and visualize a lighted triangle, connecting them with one another. As they visualize the energy of their triangle, they extend that circulation of energies to include all other triangles workers throughout the world, visualizing a vast interlocking network of triangles pulsating with the energy of lighted goodwill. This generated energy is then released by sounding the great invocation, a world prayer, which serves as a powerful tool for grounding the energies and provides a substance through which the plan can work out on earth. So if you are new to the work and respond to this idea of planetary service, we ask that you please consider forming a triangle, or if you are already a member, perhaps you'd like to consider forming another triangle. If you do have interest, you can place your name in the chat box and surely um, we will find someone else, two other people on the webinar 
form a triangle with you. So before we continue any further, we're going to have a, a short, oh, sorry, actually before that, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker today. Uh, we will, and some of you may remember him from his earlier talk he gave, I believe last year, is Hoop Pitti, who um, until his retirement in 2015 was a music teacher from primary education to the conservatory. He's also been a conductor of various choirs and orchestras, most recently at the Technical University of Aachen in Germany. He will be speaking to us today on the relationship of sound and music to the seven rays of life. We are grateful to have him uh, presenting to us today. So before we continue, let us now just do a, a brief visualization followed by the sounding of the mantram of light, which will appear on your screens. Visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Visualize within that sphere a triangle. This is the triangle of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center. The spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart. And humanity, the planetary throat. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers.
visualize the energies radiating forth from the center and through the five points of the planetary star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups, gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, and restoring peace on earth. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. And thus, with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Many of us here today probably are familiar with the seven rays and with the fundamentals of esoteric psychology, but surely there are some of us at least, perhaps many of us, who know little or nothing of it. So today I'd like to just speak a little bit about what these rays are and why they're important to the triangle's work. The rays are the fundamental quality of deity as it, is as it expresses through all levels of consciousness, from the densest matter all the way to the highest levels of spirit. The rays condition the quality or soul aspect of all things, and so are very pertinent to our triangle's practice, which works with the energies of the soul to bring illumination and goodwill into human living and thinking. Esoteric psychology is essentially the study of consciousness, not just of the individual human unit, but the entire tapestry of the field of expression of deity itself. Esoteric cosmogenesis teaches that from the one life that the one life, after becoming both spirit and matter, produced a third factor, 
And this third factor is consciousness. And it results from the interaction of spirit and matter. After this triple division of the one life, it sought further expansion and seven emanations of that one life came forth. These great energies that we normally refer to as the seven rays of life are also known in other traditions and religions as the seven builders, the seven rishis, and also as the seven spirits before the throne of God. They pervade and condition all things. So this triple division of creation, we have spirit, consciousness, and form, is one of the basics of, of esoteric psychology. The same triplicity has many correspondences. Spirit, consciousness, form, and manifestation becomes life, quality, and appearance. And every human being, being a miniature replica or a microcosm of creation also has the same triple correspondence within its own constitution, being monad, soul, and personality. Now the seven rays are often considered as types of energy and are related to that, that second aspect, the soul, the consciousness or quality. Yet the rays are emanations of the one life itself, and so interpenetrate the entire triple scheme. In their second aspect, they constitute great psychological entities who appear through the medium of great cosmic lives. For example, through the medium of an entire constellation, a solar system, even certain planets. These ray lives are psychological agencies, and just like God and his image man, are possessed of will and the power to create, and so are builders and creators of forms. Now, under the study of the rays and understanding them is important for many reasons. The rays determine the type and quality of the appearance. They reveal the true, the nature of the true human being, the thinker, and give us insight into the many secrets of the manifested world. Understanding of the race reveals the psychology, not just of the personality and not just of the individual soul, but actually all things in manifestation, all creation. Even the entire story of evolution is the story of the development of consciousness, the, the evolution of the consciousness within the forms. And the study of the rays gives us great insight into the way that this, the soul within the forms, its sort of inner psyche evolves and the ways in which that qualities, the qualities of the soul are developed and eventually expressed. So as we will shortly hear from Hoop, the seven rays are also profoundly related to the fields of sound and even to classical music. 
we are told that the seven rays on their own high plane create through emitting a sound. And this sound sets in motion all those lesser forces that respond to its will and work in unison with it. And the sublime beauty and exactitude of classical music clearly demonstrates the creative potential of sound and also its, its quality, the power of its quality as well. And so after our meditation today, we look forward to Hoop's presentation on this very pertinent topic. So without further ado, let us begin our meditation work. We link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. We link up with the highest center, the center of will, and use together the invocation. In the center of all will I stand, naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. 
hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships.
sound together the mantram of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Sound the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as you repeat each stanza, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know 
and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and let it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh. Thank you, everyone. So Hoop, I'd like to invite you to turn on your video and unmute yourself. Okay. All right, there we are. All right, welcome Hoop and please begin whenever you're ready. Hello everyone from Maastricht in the Netherlands. First, I want to thank you for asking me to make a new contribution following my lecture of last March. While in the story about sounding triangles, the emphasis was on triangles in music, here I want to delve a little deeper into the musical implications of the race in conjunction with what we have learned about this in Ancient Wisdom and the books by DK and Alice Bailey. After having conducted wind orchestras and choirs for about 17 years, from 1994, I was enabled to run a symphony orchestra and a choir at the University of Aachen, Germany, an activity that I have practiced for over 20 years. In addition to this work, I taught music at all kinds of schools <clears throat> and at the Conservatory of Music in my hometown Maastricht in the Netherlands. Although my talk focuses on so-called classical music, this that does not alter the fact that the fundamental laws with regard to overtones also apply to jazz music, pop music, and all other forms of musical practice. Over 30 years ago, I came into contact with the ideas of Blavatsky, Bailey, and Master DK, and with it, the teachings about the seven rays. Over the years since, I have tried to recognize it in my work as a conductor and school musician. In particular, the constituent parts of the musical sound intrigued me and the search for connections between the seven rays and these overtones was therefore obvious. I cannot avoid discussing a bit of theory 
be it very simplified about this musical phenomenon. As we may know, every sound is made up of a number of partial tones, much like each color can be divided into a number of partial colors. These partial tones have a strict mathematical law. Thus, the main root, main or root note is accompanied by the octave, the perfect fifth, the double octave, hereafter the major third, the perfect fifth, the minor seventh, the triple octave, and further ever smaller intervals until they are no longer possible to define in our Western tone system. We soon find ourselves in the so-called astral octave. These higher overtones have hardly any significance for physical hearing because their energetic contribution is very small. For practical use, we limit ourselves to the first 13 natural tones, namely the root and the first 12 overtones. These largely contain the tones with which our Western seven tone skills can be made. In most music whose tones are organized according to functional classical music, we start from seven stem tones with which we can build so-called diatonic scales. These stem tones can be raised or lowered, allowing for a total of 12 tones within the octave, seven diatonic and five chromatic. In addition, three tone configurations can be made with this material, the so-called triads, which form the basis for the accompaniments of melodies. If we return to the first 13 natural tones, starting from the note C, we get the following picture. As we see, the root note, in this case the note C, predominates in this sequence. This tone is therefore identified by our physical hearing. The next tone that occurs more often is the tone G, the perfect fifth of C. In our example, in places 3, 6, and 12. The third tone that is more emphatically present in places 5 and 10 is the tone E, the major third of C. These three tones, C, E, and G, together form a major triad, a configuration that is at the source of polyphony in our Western musical culture. For me, these three tones represent the three main rays, namely the fundamental, the strongest present, the first ray, the ray that gives direction and is the most powerful. Then the fifth, which represents the third ray of active intelligence and thereby has a connection with the fifth ray. After all, the fifth together with the root note forms the basis for most of our tonal systems that we use. All tones in a scale can be defined as stacks from fifths and from this, in the course of time, the many tunings developed with certain periods of the music history, the theory of effects in relation to the keys. The third, which occurs twice, represents for me the second ray of love wisdom, because it colors the fundamental most strongly, and it determines the tonal gender, major or minor, as to the key. 
In addition, the third is also related to the sixth ray. And B. The tone B flat also occurs twice in place seven and disregarded here, position 14. But it fits less well in our Western tone system because it sounds too low in our opinion. Tonally speaking, it does show the way out of the tonality. Because of this and because of this somewhat discordant quality, I think it's a good candidate for the fourth ray, harmony through conflict. The other overtones, respectively the D, the F sharp and the A are candidates for the fifth, sixth and seventh ray. In summary, one could say that within the genetic material of the musical tone, the first three overtones code for its soul and the next for the personality. Of course, there are more parameters that identify the tone, for instance, the quality of the instrument, the start of the tone and to a lesser extent the sounding out, and the acoustics of the room where the note is being played. So much for the energetic qualities of a musical tone. If we go one level higher, we enter the areas of harmony. There are also energies here. The key in which the chord takes place is defined by three main triads. The tonic, the triad of the first stage of the applied scale. This one represents the first ray in my opinion and is connected to the fifth ray. The dominant, the triad built on the fifth stage. This one seems like a good candidate for the third ray, connected to the seventh ray. The subdominant, the triad built on the fourth stage. The second ray in sound, also connected to the sixth ray. In classical harmony, the doctrine of chord connections according to the polyphony of the West, on which classical music from about 1600 is based and which is also at the root of contemporary pop music, we know so-called cadences. These chord connections largely define the key and they often act as a kind of punctuation for the musical sentences. For example, we know the connection tonic, subdominant tonic as the so-called plagal cadence or amen cadence because it reflects the character of resignation. For me, this is where the action of the second and sixth ray is expressed. The tonic dominant tonic connection is called authentic cadence. And I feel it reflects the active, perhaps even activist nature of the third ray. In the complete cadence tonic subdominant dominant tonic the definition of the key or the tonal environment is fixed. There are many cadence options, each with its own expressive power, in which the chords of the other tonal steps with their variants also play an important role. In these secondary stages, I recognize much of the effect of the attribute race four to seven. In addition, the triads are often enriched with additional tones to all kinds of extended chords. This creates a rich palette of consonances, 
connections and cadences in which the properties of the rays resound. If we go up one more organizational level, we enter the realm of musical forms. Tones, chords, and sound connections are organized into musical forms, ranging from fairly simple song forms to more complex structures, such as the rondo form and sonata form. Let us take the sonata form as an example. We find this in all kinds of music, such as the sonata, the overture, and the first movement of a symphony. The sonata form developed in the 18th century, and in its classical form, there are two themes that are played off again each other. The main theme, first ray, tough, masculine, determines the character of the music and is accompanied by a secondary theme, second ray, lovely, feminine. This takes place in the so-called exposition, in which the themes are presented. In a sequel called Development, these themes are confronted with each other, and by means of all kinds of musical manip manipulations, including short temporary changes of key and contrapuntal arrangements, the possibilities of both themes are explored, third ray, and they go into battle as it were with each other thematic dialectics, fourth ray. Finally, the themes return to their original form in the recapitulation, and the whole is concluded with the coda. Again, one organizational level higher, we come to the multi-movement musical forms, such as symphony, concerto grosso, solo concerto, the great vocal forms, mass, cantata, opera, oratorio, etc. And here too we find the alternation of musical energetic phenomena. Let us take the classical symphony as an example. A characteristic first part, usually pregnant in character, first ray, is followed by a melodic, often sweet second part, second ray, and a playful and activating third part, third ray after which the whole again ends with a powerful and characteristic fourth movement. At all times, the characteristics of the seven rays are noticeable in these forms of music. In short, whoever looks for expressions of the seven rays in classical music practice as formulated in the works of Blavatsky, Bailey and Master DK doesn't have to look far. This means that the old aphorism as above, so below, and Confucius' famous statement, if you want to know whether a people is well-governed, listen to its music, also applies to music. In the externalization of the spiritual hierarchy, Master DK, through Alice Bailey, argues that the ohm is one sound consisting of three minor sounds and seven subsidiary vibratory tones, just as God's will is one clear tone and the will in motion has three chords that brings forth the purpose of the one in all worlds. The Letters on Occult Meditation speaks of the septenary chord, whose important components for our stage of development are the basic note, the major third, 
the dominant or perfect fifth, and the major seventh. Also here are connections between the perfect fifth and the menace principle and the major third and the sixth plane of emotions. Of course, one's ability to perceive the effect of the race in music is also related to the composition of one's own race package. This explains, in addition to cultural, social and educational background, the large number of musical tastes, preferences and views that exist. Obviously, I have been guided in this story mainly by my own classically trained background and my experiences as a teacher and conductor. But I'm sure that someone with different preferences can have similar experiences and feelings with the music of his or her choice. In the end, although music is not a language, it is a means of communication that can manifest itself on all imaginable levels. Finally, to quote AAB, Forget not that sound permeates all forms. The planet itself has its own note or sound. Each minute atom also has its sound. Each form can be evoked into music and each human being has its peculiar chord and all chords contribute to the great symphony which the hierarchy and humanity are playing and playing now. Every spiritual group has its own tune and the groups which are in process of collaborating with the hierarchy make music ceaselessly. This rhythm of sound and this myriad of chords and notes blend with the music of the hierarchy itself. And this is a steadily enriching symphony. As the centuries slip away, all these sounds slowly unite and are resolved into each other until someday the planetary symphony which Sanat Kumara is composing will be completed and our Earth will then make a notable contribution to the great cause of the solar system. And this is a part, intrinsic and real, of the music of the spheres. Thank you. Thank you, Hoop. That was a really great presentation. Um, so we're going to open it up now to the audience. If you have um, any comments you'd like to share, please feel free to type them in the chat uh, or raise your hand and you can share the comment audibly. Um, if you do have any questions, Hoop has um, agreed to answer them offline. So if you'd like to type those, we can send those to Hoop and he's going to respond to those uh, over email. Um, looks like there's a few coming in here in the chat. Isabel Kung says, radiating loving energy to, sorry, radiating loving understanding to all as a subtle presence of second ray energy will harmlessly help wherever there is need. Radiation is a form of music. Angela SD says the universe 
one song, Una, one verse song. Interesting. I never thought of that. That's, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. Hoop, someone here is requesting if you could uh, play for us some musical examples related to your talk. Well, for this moment, this will be impossible because I have no instrument here. <laughs> yes, I think so. Maybe next time you'll have to come back yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and play something for us. Um, Suzanne Velas asks, is classical music inspired by the soul? I mean, I would, I would think so, certainly. Well, yes, I think also. Mm-hmm um lots of well, thank yous not all classical music but um, many examples yeah so looks like we have a hand raised here roberto man mancini or mancini i'm gonna ask you to unmute So Roberto, you should be able to unmute yourself now. Let's show us one more time. Okay, looks like it's not gonna work. All right, Roberto, if you're able to unmute yourself, just let us know and you can jump in. Um, Lots of thanks and some questions here, and we'll we'll send those to you, Hoop, and you can answer them by email. Um, thank you. Santana Star says, thank you, Hoop, for the beautiful presentation. It is so expanding to think of everything as sound and vibration, which it is, but we don't always think that way or link music with the sounds and vibrations of the rays. Yes, I think, um, you know, I know when I first started learning about the rays and reading esoteric psychology, it was um, sort of difficult to grasp that, uh, you know, these, these, these sort of qualities pour through all things to see them all around us. And then to be able to sort of identify them and to really appreciate their significance, I think does take some study and some, and some time, but um, to sort of, I think, unveiling of what's already there in my experience. And I think music definitely does that as well. I think perhaps when you first listen to classical music, it may sound very beautiful, but through a lifetime of study and and uh, of experience, even if you're not a musician, you gain sort of a deeper, a deeper um, perception of sort of the meaning and the significance and the beauty that that music can carry. I think it's the same with the rays as well. And I think that's that's uh, very true. And uh, in, in my experience, the more often you listen to a piece of music the more you uh, discover in it mm -hmm. and of course in my in my time when i was conductor 
I had the, the possibility to delve into the discourse and had to study it, of course, and, and always uh, discovered something new in it. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah. I, I can say that that gives uh, much more uh, satisfaction also and and much more experience of the, the music mm -hmm. also the, the the musical pieces that you thought you knew yeah uh, they give always uh, something new because i think it's it's the distinction again between sort of the form and that quality which seeks to express through the form i think i was a professional dancer you know many years ago and it becomes, you become so facile with the technique of doing this, that, or the other movement. Um, it's easy sort of to, to lose sight that there is deeper and deeper qualities to always come through. Even if the form is the same, there's always something, uh, I think, to that can be revealed through it. Yeah. Yeah. So Eduardo says perhaps the architecture and form of classical music more closely reflects that universal harmony and its rich play with ideas makes it particularly deep. Thank you, Michael and Hoop. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Um, Angela says, Harold Moses has music based on the rays at Nimbit Music, often used at the Esoteric Advent website. I'm not familiar with Harold Moses, but that's uh, maybe something that some, some of us would like to check out or investigate. Um, don't, don't know it either. Yeah. I've heard of the Esoteric Advent, maybe uh, Angela, you can put that website in the chat if you'd if you'd like to share it with everyone. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just Matthew Martin asks, could you say again what are the seven chords corresponding to the seven rays, or can these chords be typed into the chat? Um, you can find the uh, transcript was shared if you just scroll up and all the information should be in there if you want to review any of the uh, review any of what was given. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Borgen asked, why is most music in 4-4 four, four, or 3-4 time? Why not 5-4 time? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, it's not so easy to, to answer this, but uh, four fourth time is, is most of the music that we know, also most of the popular music. And my explanation is uh, because we have two legs and the, this binary uh, uh, um, measures are, are coming from, from walking. Mm -hmm. So first we had the two fourth and later four fourth. And three fourths, yeah. Yeah. It's not so easy to, to answer that uh, in, in two or three sentences. Yeah. Um, Sarah Chotter asks 
how can someone identify their own note? That's also a question which you probably can't answer very easily or in a few sentences. No, no. I would say, um, you know, I think the first step is probably to learn to meditate, yeah. you know, someone- I, wrote, I would say, uh, listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alice Bailey refers to, um, or the Tibetan really writes often about the esoteric sense, which is developed in meditation. And the idea is that, you know, there are certain senses we use every day, our sense of sight or sound. Um, but there's also a sort of, um, sort of inner sense whereby we can register the subtler vibrations of our bodies and come to understand them and the senses developed through the mind and in meditation. So I would advise you, you can go to our website at lucistrust.org and there's a wealth of material there on occult meditation. And even all the Alice Bailey books are included there um, for free if you'd like to read them in your web browser or you can order them from the website as well. Darcy says it would be interesting to apply hoops finding on sound and music with the NASA sound recordings of our planet and the sun. Do you, are you aware of what she's referring to, Hoop? I'm, I'm, I'm searching by this, uh, this question. I, I know there's so many, it's gotten lost. Darcy, she was just saying, you know, the, um, the NASA, the the, US, yeah. the NASA Space Agency. Yes, yes. They've they've recorded, I guess, some some sounds of the planets and the suns. I guess some sort of sound that the planet or sun is allegedly emitting. And she's saying it would be interesting to apply what you gave in your presentation to those sounds and to see how they how they line up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do not know uh, much about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I cannot answer this question uh, for yeah. this moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just, uh, let's go ahead and do one more comment. Santana Star says, the consciousness can be expanded through music and sound and rhythm, such as the deep beat of a drum or the high sound of the flute. Uh, flute nay or native and the elongated sound of the sitar. The different notes and sounds affect the etheric energy centers. Yes. Thank you for your comment. Yes. Yeah. Did you want to add something, Hoop? No, I, I, I'm a think about it. It's, uh, that's a very interesting uh, perspective, this one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you all for all your comments. Um, we've reached the end of our webinar today. And Hoop, thank you so much for presenting. It was really great to have you and I hope we have you again soon. Um, we'll go ahead and for some of these questions, we'll go ahead and forward them to you um, and you can respond to them through email if you'd like, is that okay? And I want to thank you for this, uh, this opportunity. All right, thank you. Let's just end with a moment of silence to link up with all the triangles, workers throughout the world.
Thank you, everyone.